0: Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me, uh, several years after your first book, it's Clay Williams.
1: 40 years, right? is it like 40 years or something? Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. I don't, something like that, I don't, yeah. I think about... It's quite a, it's quite a long time. Right. I think about people yeah. writing books and I don't get it. <laughs> like, like, I just like fundamentally don't understand mm. how someone could write a book. Um, yeah,
0: it's quite an undertaking. And I'll, I, it's something that I thought about, you know. Give, he gives Big Jim a run for his money, huh? <laughs> you know, and uh, and Todd Fields. You know, it's like, hey, forty years. That's way longer than they're like what?
1: Oh, I see 15, what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Fourteen like, years. Yes, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah it's you know, Lin Ramsey, yeah, Ramsey, Ramsey. Yeah, like people yeah, who like take, people take a long, long time, time for, like making a movie. movie. Yeah, it is for yeah, it is, is, yeah. is crazy, and it, it is, cra- cra- and it it is, is cra- still like I don't know. Watching the movie, I'm just like, where are you? Where's your money? We're like, we're, we're, where, where, where? Right, pay?
0: how are you getting income? Like,
1: <laughs> like, I mean, I know you work know for, like, work a journal, like, 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 you know, you work for a paper, for a but a paper, it's, like, but how it's like, like, how much are you getting paid you from that? that? You have, like, a really, really nice, like, penthouse, like, mm. apartment or whatever, or whatever the fuck. Like, a loft. Like a loft. Um, um, and it's, like, and it's like I, don't I don't know where you're... Anyway, but, yeah, no, when I, I think when about I think people writing books, especially, like, really big ones and full of research, like, there's this one that I got my mom for Christmas. It's, um... It's, about, it's like, about like modern, modern, modern uh, conservatism, uh, conservatism um, um, and like and the, the. It's called the Invisible called Bridge. Invisible bridge. Uh, former, uh, guest uh, former guest of the, guest of the podcast, podcast um, Brad, Brad Avery, suggested, suggested it to me. To me. Mm. Um, it's by Rick, the great Brad Avery. Yes, it's about yeah, Rick. Uh, uh, Rick. I forget uh, his last name. It uh, starts, name with, an name starts with, with an R. But it's basically about like how, like, how modern conservatism started with Nixon and like the bridge that like the like the, the um the transition, the transition per- period, period or the uh, between like Nixon and, Nixon and Reagan, Reagan and ideal and you know conservative and ideology, ideology and how that changed, how that changed over, time. over time and, and, it's, like and it's like this fucking, fucking thick ass, ass, ass book, book with like so, so, much, so research much research and stuff and i just and look, and look at it, at it and, it. and, and he's, he's written and written, that's like a, in a series of books and he's like written like four or five of them and i'm just like i don't no no like maybe that maybe takes me that five, takes years, five years, years to write one of, write those. One of those like, like it, it's because it's like so it's densely like researched so research and so big so i'm just big like i can't i can't do that that's just not mm. me i yeah. can't especially it. if it's a
0: topic that you're learning about and not like you're consuming more knowledge of i feel like it's just a big undertaking to, to, to like consume and write about
1: i just can't yeah i can't write like 10 page yeah. essays make me want to like Claw like my, uh, my fingers, fingers off. off, but it's overwhelming because, like, how
0: how do people like that's that's an essay, but then, like, an actual like text? Like, how do you just not keep on saying the same thing and make it feel redundant? I don't, it's yeah, it's amazing. But, um, before we go to Rome, uh, today we're recording actually in Rome, uh, you can't see us, but you know, uh, just take our word for, it. Word for it. it, it's very, yeah, take our word. word, yeah, please. We, we can't say any more than just to take our word for it. Uh, let's get into what we've been watching recently because these are the questions, uh, you know, that that we're curious about when we're in Rome. <laughs> when in Rome? When in Rome? What have you been watching?
1: I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um Um, i will i so it's been it hasn't been too long since our last recording and so i will say i've watched um so after we recorded with roxana i know we're doing this kind of it's a little out of order yeah so it's just to confuse our audience uh, i'm just gonna be more confusing uh so i'm still on my denzel project so watch pelican brief good movie uh decent uh, thriller decent too thriller. long um, um holy shit, holy julia, shit roberts. julia roberts i mean, I mean mm. Roxana was Roxanna right Reffitt when Reffitt, i mentioned, that, I mentioned the that the bone collectors bone might Breffitt be the Breffitt best Breffitt, that angie's ever looked she's like she pelican brief is up there with yeah, julia pelican and brief. i'm like yeah holy, holy dear, god. dear god um and also, uh, denzel, and also just, denzel just oof. Um, um, one and more Denzel more But Denzel. that's my Alan Pakula like too, like, too Like proving he still got it Yeah you know, it's I know like, People really like, like I saw people Like think, really think boring it's really boring And I'm just like boring. I don't know man Like this that's is like That's crazy. crazy I don't know This is still like, is still, like it's, a it's a paranoid thriller, thriller. I don't, I don't It did what it mean, needed to it do It's it not great, it's or great, great or anything yet, But it's really It's a fun watch And then With the rest of the world uh, on the uh, first on the of first January, January, I watched, I watched uh, Strange, Days, *Strange Days*. A lot of us lot for of the, first the first time, time since, since it has not been available to see. It's kind of buried. Right? I know. Mm-hmm. I know. So watched, that, watched that, loved it. Loved it. Um, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Fucking weird. We were getting we were live, live texts. texts. I was, I mean, yeah, I was yeah, sexting our group, group chat, chat and, and I do, do think that Bigelow and Cameron did an absurd amount of cocaine, making that movie. Just like rails, just absolute like. Uh, fucking, uh, fucking Scarface, scarface levels face of cocaine. Just What's your it, performance
0: ranking of uh, Julie of, uh, Lewis, Jimmy Bassett, Bassett Finds?
1: The thing is, no knows, one no besides one Juliet Lewis does Lewis two does PJ two Harvey PJ covers. Harvey so that has to factor into my rankings. rankings. Um, um, um no, no, I think, no, I, mean, yeah, I mean, Bassett's, Bassett's incredible. Finds. Yeah, it's like Bassett finds Lewis, but, like, yeah, they're all. Lewis is so. I mean, I mean, I, I, I it's, it's funny because Bassett's a more, it's not standard, standard but, like, but like it's, it's a, a, like, it's a like it's a performance that you could, that you could see he her could give, give, like in other like movies in other too. Movies it's too. not it's like not coked like out, out, fucking yeah. erratic, like completely. She inserts
0: herself out. well into the movie.
1: Right, it's, it's, but it's you know, it's, it's like, Angela like Angela Bassett with like Fines and Lewis. It's like they're fucking. man Man. i i can't yeah i kept kept saying saying that they're they're like coke addicts addicts. throughout Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i just that's just just what it read read out read to me because they're just all just purely purely chaotic and erratic and obviously that's like on purpose that's not like a choice that's like i mean well it is a choice but like it's not it's not like it's not just the performers having an interpretation like that's an obvious choice because of the characters themselves um so watch that, and uh, then yesterday I watched The Great Debaters, continuing my Denzel project. Mm.
0: Right. Good movie. Pretty, Pretty solid movie. movie. Yeah, I, I I saw that
1: in high school. Yeah. It's um, cliche, but you know it's like an, it's it's, a, it's, d- a, it's decent. It's his mean, deb- it's a debut, I, I think. It's a seven, it's out, seven out, out, out of uh, yeah. uh, ten.
2: Unfortunately,
1: uh, unfortunately, it does it does have Nate have Parker, Parker um in it, uh, yes. which is yes. uh. You know, you know, a thing, a thing. Um, um, He's good Unfortunately And Who stood out who stood to me out and I think who stands and out and to a lot of people When they, they watch, watch it is um, Janice Smollett um, She's, mm. incredible, yeah. she's incredible, incredible in it She's really, really good
0: um, Early role, yeah, I think
1: yeah. I know, it's you know, it's, it's kind of crazy It took her so long after 2007 To like, blow up Because she's quite, I don't know It Seems like a slam dunk Um Denzel Whitaker. Denzel uh, I mean, also like you know, um, Forrest, Whitaker, Forrest and Denzel and Denzel Whitaker and Denzel Whitaker. Not related. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's, it's also either. like that and Black Panther. I, I yes. Think, exactly. That's yeah, the thing. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so. It's so funny. They're not related. It's bizarre. Um. Yeah. Was that yeah.
0: his directorial yeah. debut?
1: Or was? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um. Mm-hmm. I've only seen that only in seen fences. That I haven't, haven't seen. seen... Mm. Jordan yeah, there's a letter to Jordan. Jordan. journal for Jordan. Journal for Jordan. Oh, got close. I um right. yeah, that one's not real. Yeah. And uh what was the other one he did? Antoine Fisher. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and I'm probably going oh, Antoine Fisher watch... was before, great to be honest. I'm probably going to watch Antoine Fisher soon. Right. I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. Mhm. Um, that's solid. Yeah. So then I'm it seems as all of his directorial
0: work is like 7 out of 10. Right, it's not to say that they're like unworthy. It's just you know, he's, yeah, he's you like wish like that there was either one stinker,
1: yeah, yeah, you yeah. wish there would be yeah, at least like one stinker or one great movie great movie, right yeah, you want something that has a little bit of more impact from him because he's like mm-hmm. one of the most influential actors to ever live, yeah, so
0: yeah, and it's like, huh, it's weird that he can't get over that hump of making something like as great as he's learned from like the frequent collaborators.
1: Um Or just take yeah, like, and all yeah, of them are like, not they're wild they're not swings. swings. That's the unfortunate yeah, part too. Yeah, yeah. They're just They're all like, like down. Yeah. 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 ones like yeah. an um, um was, it uh, uh, mm-hmm. was it August Wilson? Am I fucking stupid? Is that the yeah, yeah, playwright? Uh, fences. Yeah. yeah. Um and you know, and you have other stuff that's like, you know He he has his Goodwill good hunting, hunting, which is like which Antoine, Antoine Fisher. Like, Fisher. I haven't seen it, but that's what it seems like for me. Yeah. Um and then like Yeah, Grape Debaters, which is I don't know. It's fine. It's, it's fine. good. <laughs> PG yeah, thirteen. Like, like it's about the Jim Crow South, South. Has a uplifting, uplifting ending. ending. Yeah. It's, it's like based like, it's on a book,
0: I think. Uplifting. Yeah. It's just. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah it, it, it it was a little was bit, a little gnarlier, bit gnarlier, than gnarlier than I thought than it was I gonna be. Just because when I the moment, moment you see that PG thirteen, you're just kind of like, ah, okay. But no, like they go, they go for it. Um, and I appreciate that. And I didn't also, I didn't know that like basically he was playing like a communist. Which I I, I was mm. super I was super into. I mean, I, I guess he never it's never confirmed, like people accuse him of communism and he's never just kinda and he's never like I'm not a communist. Um I know it's based off a true story, but I didn't know that part, so that's that was kinda cool. But yeah, besides that. Mm. I don't know what Exciting my next is. Denzel would be, but I'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: Maybe you should maybe like I don't know, maybe if you would like space out the directing work or if you just get out of the way because you only have two more
1: well fisher fisher is streaming and i'm prioritizing the streaming Mm. stuff actually well funny enough great uh, debaters i bought it was like only five bucks so
0: interesting uh joining Uh, joining us today is rafa sales ross Hello. hello hello welcome back
3: hi you guys such a pleasure to be back um talking about another great film from the 86th yeah, yeah, served. exactly. Yeah, I, am. I love this niche
0: that you've carved out. Yeah,
3: Yeah, you guys talk about the 2010s, and to me, the Oscars of 2014 are the best of that decade. So I'm glad to be here Ooh, with another one. I love
0: that. What have um, you been watching yeah, lately? Yeah. yeah I, was so so.
3: I had the best final week of the year watching Lies because I... So I spent the beginning of the month catching up on a lot of the films that I've missed throughout the year, and then when my brain couldn't take it anymore, I decided to revisit some comfort films. So I watched Face Off, which Mm. is truly cinematic peak of the 90s. Um, Then I kept with Nicolas Cage, and I watched Con Air and The Rock. Um, Ruckheimer Specials. Oh man, just so good. This 90s action, flicks with Nicolas Cage and it was just going for it I think Face Off is perhaps my top five Nicolas Cage performance I just love how unhinged he is um it's such a great film it's so much fun and the lines are just delicious um <laughs> I'm gonna say, I hadn't seen The Rock which is funny because oh wow I, I thought I had gone through the vast majority. I only saw The Rock, rock this, this
0: year, year too. too. Oh, my year, God.
3: Honestly, there's a there's a point there where Nicolas Cage <laughs> asked this bad guy, do you like Elton John? Because it's you. You're Rocket Man. And then he sent him flying well, off the window with funny, the literal rocket. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I was just overjoyed. So I, Exactly. Absolutely.
0: And the, I think and that moment is, like, is like so, so late into, so into the movie way, where, like, like
3: yeah, that yeah makes, makes, this makes, makes sense. sense. Like, like this, this isn't
0: is weird, weird or anything. It's just... No, it, he likes it, music. It's, yeah.
3: <laughs> he collects vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course he's asking it, like, this guy if he likes Elton John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's,
0: yeah, being, he's respectful being respectful and kind. Of you know, it's yeah. like, it fits, it fits into the, fits the world. world. It's, uh, it's, it's it's incredible. incredible. It's incredible. And and like, that has
1: all have. your favorite character actors you could even think of. William Forsyth, if you want to count Ed Harris as a character actor, sure. I would definitely count.
3: And then another great line before we change... They, they literally, because they're on the rock, they are, that's the whole thing, and yeah, there's yeah. a point where like, Sean Connery says, well, you're between the rock and a hard place, which
2: mm.
0: is, the rock and then a the live rock studio rock audience, rock uh, yeah.
3: right, Seinfeld, yeah.
0: right,
2: right,
0: yeah, it's like <laughs> jazz, you know, like, the jazz playing.
3: bass, it yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was so good. I just love it. I love a good pun. I love a good yeah. play on words, especially when it's delivered by Sean Connery. So, yeah, Jerry
1: Bruckheimer, man. I mean, goddamn, he was on one in the 90s and 80s. Yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer, like, because he, you know, he has Scott, he has, um, he has, like, you know, some Tony Scott films, he has fucking Michael Bay, like, that dude was just yeah. fucking on it. And of course, like, he was the
0: first person to, like, see something in Bay. After like, after, like, the commercial like, and music video work, to work, then be then like, you remind you me of my like friend Tony Scott. And it's like, it's wow, like wow, wow, like, you, wow, you wouldn't, wouldn't think, think another producer would actually would have, have that eye and, and you know, would give yeah, him bad boys, it right? right? It's like... God.
1: What happened to God. him? Happened I mean, I know I mean, he's still doing stuff, but I miss that. I miss I miss the Brookheimers nowadays. It's all fucking Kevin Feige. I'm just like, ugh.
0: Right, right, right. And those Cage movies that you saw, those are the ultimate, like... They don't make those anymore and when they do it's like the gray man they're like wow this yeah. Is just, yeah right or, or i shouldn't generalize that much like i guess it's like that's the most populist right it's like sort of the one that gets the most eyes on i just
3: it. i just like that sucks. combination of star power and mm-hmm. going for it and a script that doesn't try to be smart you have mm. these big stars with an action film that is entirely predictable and all you need is some banging one-liners. It's well and Explosions. Yeah. Explosions. Mm-hmm. Cars driving to planes, planes driving to buildings, buildings falling down. That's what you want. And it works. And it's great. But and Face it's Off it's has it's everything. It's it has it's... body horror. It has revenge. Right. It has character arc they change bodies it's a bit freaky friday it's just so good <laughs> i just love it and even like and even in the supposed like,
1: like, suppo- like even like, quote unquote unquote quote unquote 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 like you know like the movies, like movies don't even movies don't even really, don't really don't try, try, try to be, to be, smart. be smart like, the rock. like the, rock. the rock it still has like, still has more, like more interesting, interesting like, like subtext, subtext than like most like, like most prestige films in the comparison to like fucking uh like uh you know military service being you know being wanted or valued by um american uh, america as a country after you you know after you come home and what's the life of a soldier and what's the and how much value do we put on any one person that kind of thing like it's like even when it's not trying to be like super intellectual it still has like pretty you know gnarly and like compelling subtext of you know being it's a veteran in modern American culture.
3: Yeah, it's a very hard thing to do, to have a film that doesn't take itself entirely seriously while also not putting the audience in a place of dullness or dumbness. They're mm. not really judging mm. their audience or assuming that people won't get it. They're just in that sweet spot between being self-aware um, without being patronizing, which is really hard.
0: Definitely. And like, Clay I brings up Kevin Feige And it's definitely like The, the Marvel sense, sense of humor that it's then Others have tried to recreate Because that's, that's, that's what they sense other people Will then gravitate to, to. It's, it's like, like uh, it's just it's completely, completely Diminishing like how, how sparing, sparing humor, humor Is used in those kind of films, films but, but, Go home and fuck the prom queen Yeah right Oh man We didn't know how good we had it
3: well, I don't know uh, about Marvel. I know so little about Marvel, so I'll go with yeah, that. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I
0: For myself, I, I, think I think the show, the show is, is done, done or close, close to, to done. done. Uh, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite, favorite shows, shows from, from last, last year uh, in Fleischmann is in Trouble. Um, um, sort, sort of this, this based, based on a book, for those that don't know wait, it. Wait, wait, what's the I
1: title?
0: Fleischmann is in Trouble? Oh, boy. Um, it, um, stars it stars Jesse Eisenberg, and Adam Brody, and, and Lizzie Kaplan Claire, and Claire Danes. Holy, uh, and shit. It's, Holy shit. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's a great quartet that, and, uh, and uh, focuses, focuses on the, on divorce, the divorce between be Claire Danes, Danes and Jesse Eisenberg, and Eisenberg when Eisenberg is trying, trying to um, take care, care of his kids, kids and his, and his career, career as a doctor and, uh, uh, and navigating, navigating the uh, current dating, dating landscape, landscape where it's like, like whoa oh, an elder of millennials millennial is figuring out dating, dating apps, apps. Like, it's like that kind of humor that's like well done I think where it's like it takes it, 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 I don't know like it, it wasn't as um cringe as you would expect for something where it's where it's like someone who's a little older is trying to date again uh and then Eisenberg is also trying to reconnect with old college friends in Lizzie Kaplan and Adam Brody uh, and it's, it's also summer in New York City, and he's, he's trying to babysit his, babysit his kids full, full time, and it's and very, very stressful those first few episodes. episodes. But then, then once, once you, you start, start to figure out, out that the co parenting uh, uh, in the midst of the divorce isn't, isn't working, working out, out well, well between, between Claire Deans and Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg. It, gets it, and it gets very stressful and.
1: High jinx and Sue. Really hard to
0: watch. hijinks jinx and Sue. But then you start to learn more about how they Um, they got together together and and there's an episode episode that's that's really, really really great that focuses on Lizzie Kaplan's uh, marriage. uh, marriage. She was married to Josh Radner, who's actually really good on the the show. show. Um, It's very, there's there's some some people that are saying like it doesn't need to be like a mini-series, this could just be like a feature and it could be, which, you know, it's like, I don't think, it gets redundant sometimes, but I don't think enough to make it like, to make, make it, it wrong, wrong to to have, have it be a series.
3: This is literally the first time I am hearing of this. Yeah,
1: what I had no idea this no existed. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, it's, very, it's good. very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this is, is, like is the like weird, word of, of, weird weird world of television it's where it's just like, like yeah, yeah it's, it's you know, it's, it's based, based on a book and the book was and it's I think it's also written by the author and it sort of has that similar voice. It's
3: like Sally Rooney for 40 year olds. Is that it? <laughs> That's what it sounds like? Think, think New York City, friends. not
0: Ireland, Ireland, but yes. Okay. Conversations
3: <laughs> with friends. <like. laughs>
0: Conversations, Conversations with, Fleischmann. with
3: Fleischmann. Yes. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right. I should check it out. Yeah. yeah. You
1: would just think yeah. with you this cast, think cast, I would at least hear like it's a really word, word about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah, just yeah, never yeah, heard exactly. of this yeah. thing god no. tv is so TV fucking is so weird fucking TV I is crazy I, I i i you know i i used to have all these like theories and ideas of like the state of television or whatever and then i see then i like see this, and I, like, see this and i'm like i don't know man i don't
0: know i, don't know. I know yeah <laughs> i don't know i mean we spent like 45 minutes on the beginning of the counselor episode being like i don't know what to do anymore <laughs> like we like we are kind of broken and and i you know it's like reboot was, was one of my, of my favorite, favorite sitcoms of last, of last year because it's just like, like, just like I'm in, I'm my, in my comfort, comfort zone. zone like like this, this, this cast, cast I, know, I know it's from a creator I know like, like okay everything, everything is just like fine and, and, and I don't, don't need, need to, like, to like I don't know, I know. Like, like this, this isn't, isn't a prestige, a prestige miniseries, miniseries anymore, anymore. It's, it's it's good and that's all I need there
1: you go that's all we need Yeah, I only watch dad cinema now
0: yeah you need to get into Yellowstone be like Tyler
1: I guess that's my guess that's next my, step next into my step dadness is watching Yellowstone. You know, my mom, my mom asked me, hey, asked do me hey, do we have a Paramount Plus account? account? And I'm like, oh no. And I'm like, why? And she's like, I want to watch Yellowstone. And I'm like, this is a disease that's infecting every person over the age of 60. Because now they're. going to start calling
0: your house your ranch. I know, my God.
1: And, and I, know, yeah, and it's I like, know it's like. I think it's because they've been promoting the Harrison Ford thing, which Mm -hmm. I still don't really know what it is. I think it's like a prequel of some kind. Um, Mm. And now it's just. Ninety-nine or. I don't fucking know.
0: Eighty-three. Sure. You know, I'm gonna realize it's a year.
1: And now it's just like, she saw that and it's like, oh, I need to watch Yellowstone. And I'm like, oh, why? And she's like, all my friends love Yellowstone too. And I'm like, this is a disease. It's an illness. People are Yellowstone (laughs) tilled. Just everyone just over everyone the age over of 60 age has, 60 has to, watch to watch yellowstone it's like it's very i don't know yeah, yeah, I, don't, I mean i'm not like, yeah, I'm not, like i have maybe yellowstone's yeah, good i don't, don't fucking know yeah. but it's like it's just very it's funny just to very me nice that taylor sheridan has Jared captured has the hearts and minds Sheridan's of everyone is, over, yeah. 60 yeah. over 60 yeah in america he's got my dad I know. Yeah. Yeah. jesus okay
0: whatever uh, whatever or uh you know there's, there's then there's like the counter-programming mayor of kingstown and paramount plus just like has in a
2: Quando sono arrivato a Roma, a 26 anni, sono precipitato abbastanza presto in quello che si potrebbe definire il vortice della mondanità. Io non volevo essere semplicemente un mondano. Volevo diventare il re dei mondani.
0: today yeah, we have by, uh, The Great Beauty by, by Paula Sorrentino, Sorrentino. In, the in the middle of our, our Best, Best, International Best International Features uh, uh, Oscar, Oscar winners. Uh, I, think I think this is myself, myself and Clay's first time. first time seeing, seeing it.
2: it. Rifa, please, please take, take us away, away with your, with your first, time. first
3: time. I have watched this film for the first time in 2013 at the Rio Film Festival, at the exact same festival I saw film that we spoke about it for the last time, The Broken Circle Breakdown, um, 2013 was such a rich year for cinema, you had Nebraska inside Llewyn Davis, her Gravity Before Midnight, The Hunt, The Broken Circle Breakdown, um, all of these Oscar nominated films. Um, the Hunt. So That's good, so, yeah. such a rich year and the first time I saw it, it was actually my first Sorrentino and I remember being flabbergasted in the cinema and just uh, it's if you read about this film you will see words like vibrant and alive and it is it is one of those films that drips with energy that knows exactly what it's going to do that is so tightly written and even more beautifully shot it is Casting is impeccable, but you have Paolo Sorrentino reuniting with Tony Servillo, who is his muse. The two work together very well, and this is the role that he was <laughs> born to play. He's a fantastic theater actor. He's a, um, He is the best you can find in Italy, and you will see people comparing the great beauty Beaudi- to the great Italian directors, and Fellini, um, and even though comparisons become dull after a little while it is just meditated it's just this beautiful ode to rome and to aging in a city that has aged and it's it's just a pinnacle of time it's just beautiful and yeah i think we will dig a little bit more into into the characteristics of the film itself but i i remember very vividly watching it for the first time and it's a film that has a fairly long run time but it just goes by, flashes by, it never stops, Mm -hmm. and music is great, and the rhythm is great. So it's a very good watch, and I've watched it a few more times ever since, and it's always a hoot. That was very good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Have
3: you ever been to Rome? What?
1: Have you ever been to Rome?
3: Rome? No, never been to Rome. (laughs) The only place in Italy I've been to is Venice. Mm. Um, Mm. I would love to go to Rome.
0: Is there a a (laughs) film festival (laughs) there? (laughs)
3: Yeah, it's funny because a couple years ago I interviewed Tony Cervilio in Venice, and it was truly one of the most insane experiences of my life. He was all dressed in white linen. That's so of (laughs) course. Now I'm like sunglasses, smoking a cigar in this tennis club. Um, Yeah. Now what I want to do
0: is like make a list of people in the films that we've covered and guests that have talked to them, or anyone that's talked to them. And, 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 like, and like you talking to Sorvino must you know, be like the, the first, first that, have that come to, come mind. to mind. I want to yeah. now,
1: I want to now imagine doing what you're doing, Jack, but instead imagining which one of them would be wearing white linen as I interviewed them, because I think the list would be longer than we think. Um. He has
3: such a presence, though. He's just one of those guys who has always has an entourage. <laughs> He's just always surrounded by people and always talking, commanding a room. Um, mm-hmm and comes across on the screen and yeah he's great.
1: when you saw him in white linen when you see him when you saw him in white linen smoking a cigar in a tennis club in Venice Italy did you just tell yourself wake up yeah like, wake I was up
3: just- I thought it was in a fever dream. That's so funny. I, just, I forgot I was gonna ask. I was just people are so cool. cliches.
1: It's I love it. I love it. I love how it like sometimes people are doing exactly what you think they're doing. Like it's not like some fucking crazy like um you know, juke move of just like no, I'm actually you know drinking a nice tea, wearing a sweater or whatever. No, I'm dressed in white linen at a tennis club, smoking a cigar. Probably with some yeah. red wine right next to him. That's so to funny. To be
3: fair, it was um, right at the heart of the biggest festival in his country, and he had two films in there. So he was in high demand and excited. And tons of people. So, yeah, good. Wha- Linen's good.
1: Love it. That's so funny. What was um, So you when sh- you were coming out of the theater watch, uh, after seeing it for the first time, what was like... What was the vibe? Like what did other people? I was think just about to ask it? this. I hate this. Oh I know.
3: <laughs> it's it's funny because I saw this film very early in the morning. Um, mm. and I just remember people being a a mix of ecstasy and melancholy because it's a film that I was saying it's a hoot and it's it's great to watch and rewatch, but at the same time, it taps so beautifully into this existential notion of that moment when we realize that we have more behind us than we have ahead of us. Um, And you just start reminiscing on the good old years and and the good times and how they have shaped the person that you are, even those that you believe that have been entirely forgotten. All those little memories and little pieces of existence that turn you into you. So I think that the atmosphere was a bit... I was fairly young, so I was more um, thrilled with excitement of cinema and a great film. right? But I could see the people who were on the other end of the spectrum, they were just moved and um, it it spoke to them in a different level than it spoke to me at the time 10 years ago. And, And every year, if I watch it, if I'm older, I think I see it in a different light. It's a little bit like reading *The Little Prince*, which I do every few years, and you just um, get new things out of it. Yeah. Yeah, those, yeah,
0: those, are, those cool are cool. Where cool it's like, yeah, it does age, with, age you. with you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's it's not even, even like, like, like you, the, you. You look, look at the character. Like I mean, I think maybe even this one, this one it applies, applies. I I, I wouldn't, wouldn't look, look at the characters differently, but it's more like I would look at what they how they see the world differently I think think that's that's like the how the how some some art art will age with you you, that uh you know it's it's just your judgment judgment, um from 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 when you were younger it's like like, how how can and you may not even realize realize that when you're older it's just just more more like a revisit revisit that that isn't isn't even sparked by wanting to change change your judgment judgment of the characters um but and it's and yeah you bring up like how the, the length the, of the, the film, film just kind of like let, let Sorrentino ruminate, ruminate in contemporary Rome and, 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 and let Sorrentino just just, just, just like sort of like pontificate on his placement, placement in the world. The world. And, and, and it's like it's the, the structure, structure isn't, really isn't really to like, to like find... find... It's not to... It's, f... not, it's not like... like it's it's not unusual because it's, it's kind of like vignetti It doesn't... It's like he's just like... Very vignetti People around him. And the ensemble... It, it, plays it plays a role, a role but, but it's not, not like, sprawling. sprawling. It, feels it feels very contained, contained. Um, which, is which is why, like, like my big takeaway, my like, a few day days after, after I saw it, it uh, uh, it's kind of like, like a... <laughs> okay, for, you know, okay, if this, if makes, this makes, makes no sense, sense please, please tell me. me. Tell it's kind like of like a COVID movie, how it's like, you know, we we take this time to, like... It feels like one location, almost, or, like, very few locations. It's about, like, our legacy and our time in the world, and, like, people are given, like... One, one place to, like, like ruminate like, on on ourselves, on ourselves. Uh, like, like our, our, effects our effects on aging, and it's, it's like, like sort, sort of, like, like time, time stops, stops a little, little bit. bit. If, if that, makes, that makes sense. I kind of, I no, see, I kind of see, because
1: there is no events know, that happen. And it's, like, there's really. a halt
0: on creative uh, passion. I don't
2: know, but it's, it's sort of, a, like... It's like, a, like
0: a, another it, an, it, it, it was another way that I looked at it as aside from just this mood piece
1: well I think I kind of well, see kinda what you're see meaning it mean when it ti- when it like time, time in time flux, in flux like, like there it feels like no like time has passed, passed but like mm-hmm. or you have really no when idea really it feels like it could have been a, a year, year or five, or, five or, like or like a week it doesn't like doesn't there's like no, real no real time stamp time on it it feels so which
0: is why I kind of like that because it's like that's yeah like oh this this sort of like like, like we, we are, we are or at or least, least um, Jeff is going, going through this meditation, meditation of realizing, realizing he is he mortal is and, and that there is, there such, is limited such limited time, time but Rome, Rome is so, so old, old. <laughs> and like Rome is going to last, to last him, outlast him, outlast him, forever, him forever. And it's and just, and just, just like, oh, like that's just, just a such, such a dawning realization. And of course, like someone like this is not going to take those feelings out in a way where it's like productive. Mm. Mm. It's interesting
3: yeah. that you're saying this looks like a COVID film, because this film revolves very much around the idea of Jeb Gambardella mm. as a mother flaneur, right? Um, I'm pronouncing this poorly, but um, please let me know if I'm being condescending, but do you know what a flaneur is? I don't. It's, know. it's this concept um, uh, created by Charles Baudelaire and then brought into academia by Walter Benjamin of this person who walks around the city observing society. He's just a walker, he's a wanderer.
1: Mm. And mm.
3: he's very much this idea of the modern Flaneur. There's a quote, I even put it aside because I love it. I read this book by um, Federico Classiano called Flaneur, The Art of Wandering the Streets of Paris. And he, um, and he said, free and alone in the maze of the city, the Flaneur creates a revelation that might change his life and destiny. And it's true, I, you just have this man who is walking roads that he has walked before and seeing people that he has seen before and living a life that he has lived before and yet you have this expectation that at a certain moment something's going to come along and maybe change that and maybe bring him to somewhere different. And, and also it's you have a, a character that is very much self-absorbed and um, at the same time it's he is self-absorbed and he's speaking by himself because you're seeing the city and society and things around him through his eyes and it's the the whole um, ethos in, of the film so yeah it's interesting that he a COVID film because during COVID we were walking and wandering through empty streets is very much this idea of the the wanderer mm-hmm.
1: well it's also it was a time for or speaking you know COVID, everyone handled COVID differently but it was a time of self reflection for myself um, because you know you're alone or you ha- you're more limited to what you can do and so some- sometimes you're just home alone looking up at the ceiling and just like who the fuck am I, um, and I feel like that was a shared experience a lot of us had was this time of just trying to take stock, take inventory if you will of just like. Just everything, everything in your mind, like kind of explore, like okay, what do I want out of life? What do I expect? What do I think will happen? What can I do? How do I feel about where it, my life is right now? Um, yeah,
0: it, it, it's it's sort of like in that way. Um, it reminds me of the Banshees of Inishirin. Have we mm-hmm. all seen? We've. I'm also... not.
1: It's on HBO Max. I know. I need to watch. Yes. Um.
0: Uh. One of the great movies last year and it's all it also like reveals itself to to have that um uh complexity and and i also thought of covid with with that movie because it's just like also one location like small cast where it's like it doesn't clearly like it's it clearly doesn't mention it but it's just like subtextually like the same thing about um in the limited time that we have like how much meaning can we make out of our lives and who will truly remember us um uh and, and the Brendan Gleasing character and and the Sorvino character in here are similar in the way that they've um that they haven't valued art in the way that they should moving forward. But yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, I also think that you're saying is a moment of reflection on your life and what you have ahead. But to him he's in a moment of reflecting on what he has lived. Which right, is right. um a very powerful exercise to understand the choices that you have made and to try and come to a certain peace. because I think it's very related to the human existence to constantly regret things that we have done and to wonder how they would have looked like have we not made that choice or had we not met that person and it can drive someone insane and it's much more it's much easier to live in abundance and parties and in an eternal back and out than it is to sit down and confront the choices that you have made and that time is passing yeah it, it's it's beautiful there's this there's a lot of really great lines in this film but i think my favorite every time i go back to it is when jeff meets stefania who he trashes in that party mm. he he does it with such resolve. And he meets her a few months later, and he asks her if they ever had sex. And she's like, oh my god, no. And he looks at her, and he's like, ah, oh, thank god. We still have something nice to do together. Hmm. And it's lovely hmm. is when you're realizing that even though you have gone through just so much with someone in real life, there's still things to look forward to, and there's still moments that you have not lived. Yeah, I love that.
1: It is, that romanticism is something that I really do appreciate about the film, and those are the moments it, like, shines for me. The idea, you know, those, like, the sentimentality. um, I appreciate that much more uh, than rather, like, the existential crisis moments or the... Yeah, I, I think what I struggle with the film is the... Pretty much a lot of the stuff post Ramona dying, um, it kind of her she was kind of like my main draw into the film when she appeared, and their relationship together was the thing that kind of made the movie for me. To be honest, because I felt it was such a unique way to clash different perspectives together and have Jep really. Kind of marinate on the idea of youth and how he interacts with that youth and how it can become something more special and spiritual than like physical. Like, I don't even know, I don't think they have sex. Um, like, oh, they do, they do, just, they just, they do well, have sex. Well, well, at the end, well, at it, the like, end, they end said, like they said, it, or at least, or it, at sounds least like, it sounds like. I remember, like, one of the lines being, I'm so glad we didn't make love. love. We just, like, slept. Right now,
3: I think, yeah, at that time, they did did spend some time together, the two of them. Yeah. But I I also think that, like, she's an interesting character, but it's one of those things that in the film, she's very much there as a secondary plot to lead Jeff to something else. And as that, it's a very clever one. And at first you're instantly judging this woman who is slightly older and does not leave the strip club, who is very clearly into plastic surgery and Botox. And then you're slapped in the face with knowing that she had an incurable disease and she knew she was destined to die, so why not? indulge and, and live your life the way you want to live instead of pretending that there's something better around the corner or plans to live or a future to concentrate on. So, yeah, it it is a figure of complacency at the same time. This parallel of um, exaggeration and complacency is very beautifully.
0: Mm. Yeah, it is interesting because, like, the indulgency and... Uh, destiny are so different but yet they are on parallel tracks Um, that if we if we realize that or if we realize or if jeb were to realize that his life is so short and he he may not have the creative aspirations or spirit that he did have in his 20s uh, and now is just like oh well you know i can write about write about a novel about nothing or or what is that that he says And, and it's just like then you might as you may as well indulge if you're just gonna be having these ideas where you can't even impress your your peers when even though you're you're working for this newspaper. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting because it's like those ideas you wouldn't think would initially pair pair together, right?
1: Well, it's also that he's so much more cynical um, than she is. I mean, the moment mm, when right, 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 when that um, little girl is crying while making her painting. know splashing paint against that tarp um she walks away saying i couldn't really watch that she was crying and jeff's immediate reaction is don't worry she's going to be making millions um and i don't know that was that dynamic kind of was electrifying to me because it felt so yes they were like of kind of the same ilk of that kind of trying to appreciate life but i think he, um, he's been beat down by it so much, and he's lacked appreciation of it, which is why I think he draws, you know, he, um, he feels so connected to her, because she has, you know, she, she hasn't lived his life, and has appreciation for the things that, like, that are present in his life, the parties, the, you know, the random strangers, the dinners, has a little more, you know, it's a little more appreciative because she has also limited time. And I think the moment. I don't know when it starts getting into the religious stuff, it starts to lose me because it feels so. I don't know. It feels kind of tacked on, to be honest, because I just feel hmm. and maybe that's just me because I just I just don't really connect with it. Um, and not necessarily because of my religious background, but just because it feels So. It feels so different from what else Jepp is struggling with
0: that it's like it's religious beliefs come out of not nowhere, but it's, it's just more like this isn't connecting with like the, uh, the passion of creativity and the romantic partner stuff. Um, Do you it just think feels, so? Just, just, just,
3: just, yeah. Oh, I think it's the opposite. I think, I think religion is, um, for the benefit of the old most of the time. I think that like, I... I remember very vividly, I, I was very much a cynical teenager and a cynical young person who would probably say, oh, I don't believe in God and I don't have religion and all that. But I find that with each year and with more I go on and with more people I meet, I find the idea of religion very comforting I, I saw my grandmother on her deathbed and she had this peace when she realized that she was going to be reunited with God and, and there's this, comp- there's this. there's comfort the religion brings you and towards the end of life when you know you're and he's only 65 mind you whenever i think about this i'm like my duty to have a uh, quite a few good years but um i think about you trying to find something that comes after your life and i think it's a very natural reaction and i think people who are creative tend to be people who um are interested in culture and therefore read and are they have the tendency to intellectual wanderings and therefore are not that interested in religion and is something that comes later in life. I thought mm-hmm. it was a very natural progression of his existential crisis to look for meaning somewhere he hadn't looked before. Yeah, I yeah.
1: I, I, I agree. It's natural. Um, it like made sense. I wasn't surprised by it, but I mean, I I was. I guess I was maybe more surprised of how much of a focus became it, like how it became like the main plot. But even then, it wasn't necessarily. It felt out of nowhere. It just as it was going on, I just felt it kind of just felt stale to me. I'll be honest. Like it just it feels very redundant i i I don't know i i was never the you know the exploration into his spirituality or religious background just felt very like redundant in a way because i'm like yeah okay i get it like it, it it never i never felt like it turned page or gave me a new idea into who he is it just felt like a like it was a natural progression it was something that made sense but i just and
0: it does give him purpose yeah
1: so, and i but i just never yeah. it never really maybe it just didn't connect with me but i just it it at some point i just was just kind of turned off by it because of how it felt so it almost felt too natural if that makes any sense it almost felt mm. too, it made almost too much sense because then it just felt like it, it felt like it wrote its itself like, yes, he now mm. kind of struggles with religion and he struggles with his own mortality and he struggles with, you know, how what what does how does spirituality take um, take part into my last years of my life? Like it almost was too predictable where I can't I kind of came away with just like, yeah, no, I, he's religious now. I, I get it. Like and he and he's questioning, you know, what what does that ha- what what pl- part does that play in the latter half of his life? Um, and I just, it just, for me, I just couldn't really get into it because it felt so, um, I don't know. It it just, it, it felt like the obvious thing to do. And yeah, and I don't know. Maybe that's just, I
0: guess it. like we, we don't want to write, rewrite the movie that we want instead of the movie that we have. But I guess it would, it would also make sense if like it was a devout, um, it was devout into the, uh, religion, but then, was then questioning like these beliefs, like later in life when he's then just spending this time aimlessly without many projects, and and all of his peers are then passing him by. But then it's just like, oh, all I have is my Christianity, and is then struggling with that. But then it's just not much struggle; it's just sort of like presented.
1: Well, I, it's not even that I wish it was different, or I don't know. I just wish like it's just because it becomes so much more secluded like he becomes so much more alone like you you know the characters start and i don't understand that's happening in his life and that there's a point to it but i start losing interest because there's no real interesting character dynamics left i mean besides like the nun i guess but you know i i i start getting really the priest um or like the cardinal and the person and like the nun's caretaker start kind of Becoming a, becoming a bit, a annoying, bit to annoying to me. Oh uh, my God,
3: Clay! Uh, I want to shake it to the screen. like yeah, I know. Are we I watching know. this same thing?
1: I know. I don't know. I just I, I, get, I, just, I get I I like the I nun. Like I like her, nun, her I character. Like character. Um, I just, um get, I just get I just start getting, just start getting really. really i don't know i don't know i i, I start I, I r- kind, of r- r- kind of losing interest the moment that moment you know that, you like all, like his all of his friends and, and compatriots compatriot start losing start any, any plot focus or have or have any, any um, um connection, connection to his life to his anymore like the moment with um stefania is that her name yeah that's like that's that's I don't know. That's the know, parts that's of the, the parts movie that make, that make it for me. It that uh, that, uh, that make yeah, me, that make engaged, me engaged, engaged and interested. And interested. But, then, but then, when it becomes, when this, becomes more of this more isolated questioning, questioning of his own of his religion, religion, I just start, I just like, start like I, I start, my start watch, checking my watch, to be honest, because you know I, I, I just I it just feels it just so feels so perfunctory. I know. I wish I liked this more. I love. Like I think. Like, cause it has moments that I truly love. I think all of the party scenes. It's a long are movie. Al- I think I- you need
3: I- to watch. You you need to watch Loro. Loro mm. is a film that he mm-hmm. done with Tony Servillo right after it, and mm-hmm. is um, Tony Servillo plays Berlusconi, and the film is just, um, out of his almost three hour runtime, eighty percent is parties. It's very much that. It's very much beginning. like the the sequences maximal the sequences in that sounds yes. fucking scent awesome pop that sounds cool. and cool. remixes oh, that and sounds that. It. awesome. and like pools and infinity pools and young girls doing topless and cocaine. Um, it is cocaine a great you film. Say, I really you say. yeah mm. <laughs> I really do like it. I think Tony Servillo is once again great. I think it's a film that when in and out without people giving it it's due. What's it, called um, again? What's it called again? Loro. 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 L-O-R-O. It's basically the Italian word for entourage. Mm. And it revolves around the people around Berlusconi. So good. It's very much like the great beo- beauty without so much of the existential ruminations. Not to ha- be, um, yeah, not to just simplify it too much, but yeah. Is this your, yes, favorite,
0: this is your from favorite from Sorrentino?
3: The Great Beauty is my favorite for Sorrentino, but I think Lodo um, is up there, top five.
1: Mm. How, 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 how familiar how are, 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 you are you with Italian culture, with Italian culture um, in general? Just because, I mean, cause, I mean just, maybe it's, just because, it's just, because just, because just because of your experience with Italian, Italian, Italian cinema, cinema, cinema but just, just the way you speak about it feels like, like you, have, you have, have a lot of context there.
3: No, I know Italian culture through cinema and a little bit through football perhaps. Um, um what what um, how much how, how, like, how like how in
1: depth how in is depth your um, your, um experience, experience with Italian cinema like, like how, how much like how like do you, you feel like it's one of the more the places, places you come, come, to come to more, more when you're, watching, when you're film?
3: watching film I think I have many more gaps than I wish I mm. did mm. I have gone through you all You can say the that classics. about any
1: place I feel like. You can say we all have gaps.
3: Yeah, but I think with Italian cinema more so because it is a cinema that I love and that I haven't dedicated as much time as I, as I should. I have watched a lot of when you're talking about classic cinema. I have watched a lot of Japanese cinema, French mm-hmm, cinema, mm-hmm. Latin American cinema, quite obviously, um, American cinema, quite obviously, but not as many Italian films that I feel as I feel like I should have watched, but. Some of my favorite films of all time are Italian, and some of my favorite literature of all time is Italian. Right, so right. So perhaps that's it. Um, and I think, out of all the classic European countries, cinema wise, Italy is where I find most resemblance to, to my world, my cultural worldview as someone mm. who is Latin. The warmth and family dynamics um, is where I find. Myself most at home watching. Interesting. Perhaps that comes from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's
1: awesome. Okay.
3: But I do love it. I feel I've watched, because I've been going to the Venice Film Festival, it's my favorite festival. Um, I always go and watch the the Italian films, the new Italian films, and the new Italian directors, and there's so much wealth over there. So,
1: yeah. Why is it your favorite uh, film festival?
3: uh, Oh, you're going to get me to talk about Venice. I love Venice. I, first of all, this is a very niche information, but basically, Venice has this thing that is so good for someone who is desperately anxious as I am is embargo times are much more relaxed. So basically, oh,
1: that makes sense. Uh, yes.
3: you have like a film, a screen, a press screening at eight right. thirty a.m. And your embargo is only when the first public screening happens. And this is around, the earliest that will be is like eight hours after you've seen it. So you can sit in the press room, uh, which is beautiful, overlooking the, the Italian sea, and just right away, in Cannes, for example, embargo is right after you leave the room. And I get so nervous and I have no peace. Uh, and, and Venice is beautiful and we have a, we take a boat every morning at like 7 a.m. to go watch films and the sun is rising and I know I'm on my way towards something that mm. I'll probably remember forever and I'm very romantic about Venice. Food's great. <laughs> it's beautiful. What, the screening what, rooms are beautiful. It's great.
1: Anytime I've talked to people who've been to Venice or Italy in general, I mean, you know, and, and I guess it's the same, you know, with France, but, you know, it's truly like the most romantic places in the world um, mm.
3: um it's so gorgeous and you it go makes sense why those, room, places
0: those places are, are, are hosting, hosting festivals yeah right. right.
3: and and you go to the little street. i remember the first time i've been in venice and my first film my first venice film festival, was just a couple years ago and um because i moved to europe just a few years ago and i couldn't do this when i lived in brazil obviously because it's so expensive it's still expensive from here but <laughs> way less expensive. Right. And right. I was just walking around these streets around six thirty AM and the sun is kissing those houses that are made out of something that looks like clay. There's a name I never remember. But there this orange here and the sun is making even more orange and you're seeing the cracks and you're wondering who has lived there, who had raised their babies there,
2: mm. who
3: has fallen in and out in and out of love and Um, and just, yeah, it's beautiful. I'm I'm very romantic about the history of places and history of buildings Mm. and Mm. lives lived. Yeah, I get very romantic. Do you think that that
0: since going to Venice, Venice, it's it's given you you a a greater appreciation of 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 The Great Beauty?
3: Well, yeah, but I think... To me, Italy is very cinematic. You watch yeah, something yeah. in yeah. Rome and you fall in love with Rome and you watch something contemporary. You watch Call Me By Your Name and you want mm. you to drop mm. everything right. and go live in a tiny little Italian city um, that has two cafes and a little bodega. And <laughs> it's just easy to fall in love with a place like Italy. And yeah, I think this is why it renders itself to such beautiful cinematic portrayals of aging and and coming of age and then t- later in life because you're just walking and wandering and you're putting yourself against this massive tangible proof that time goes by and yeah
1: yeah I tell a- <sighs> No, I wanted to hear as yeah. much as much as possible that's why i asked because yeah. i i mean because it, it's it does change your appreciation of you know once because as someone who has had very limited experiences with you know other countries i've only been to i've only stayed on like the same continent i've never i've never left i've never gone i've never been to europe i've never been to um asia or africa or it's just it's and as far as in the, as far as the the most south I've gone is Mexico, so it's it's very interesting because you know a lot of people more world or more traveled than I am. So when hearing their experiences with another culture and then watching you know or experiencing any kind of art from that culture can really take on a new meaning. Um, or it may not even necessarily new meaning, but just gives you kind of a... Maybe just a little more broad context. So I always like to ask those questions because I think it's important when discussing, you know, your feelings on a piece of art that comes from a culture that you, you know, you've at least had some immersion in, even if it's very limited.
3: Yeah, I, I feel very lucky that I get to go to festivals now. Um, this was my dream, but I was also raised in a small rural Mm -hmm. town Mm -hmm. in Brazil without much access to even the idea of traveling the world. I think cinema has considerably widened my horizons. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started traveling as an adult um, after I moved here. I also didn't have that much touch with Europe and European culture before I moved here. And I feel very lucky that I get to do so. And I also feel very lucky that I have at some point in my life fallen in love with films because otherwise so much that I know now and that I am very grateful for knowing, I would have never come in touch with it. has made me more empathetic and more open and more curious and more vulnerable. And I think it's beautiful to watch a film like The Great Beauty and to feel moved by someone else's existence even if it's, you know, because mm-hmm. you just you connect with things that are basic they're human and you find commonalities and, and this is where it gets you
1: the world yeah i've always i always try to tell people just watch more international cinema and as someone who is like compared to others have watched like a like a fucking fraction of what other people watched when it comes to like movies from other countries but like anytime i watch an action film from like Hong Kong, or from Korea, um, or from like Indonesia, it's like the world feels so much bigger. So much bigger. I'm like, you know, I watched uh, an action movie that took place in Spain not so long ago. I, I think Extreme on Netflix, Finex. Um, and, you know, there's French films like uh, Point Blank, which is a action thriller that i think gives like it, you know, of course there's plenty of french films to watch but it has you know it's more modern and also has kind of a different side of france that makes the world feel also bigger or a belgian film like lost bullet the first two bel- Lost bullets that are on netflix that are also it just everything feels like that's when and that's the thing you just like learn about niche shit too like i learned about like you know there's in like uh europe and especially like in like belgium and stuff or i don't know especially in belgium but the idea of like drug smuggling is just taking it like a, a really fast car and driving it across countries uh and like how it's a very kind of it's so I, I had to, it took me a little while to understand that concept but things like that you just get more of a broader context of things but you also you know the world it, it's kind of crazy though because just once you watch done watching that you're just like yeah that place exists somewhere i mean i'm very far away from it but like i could like fly there and like be there but it's like some mm-hmm. it, it definitely it definitely takes place on this earth on this planet yeah and to feel yeah. that and to feel connected to that is i don't know it's a it's a pretty great feeling that i wish more people would be open to like experiencing
0: yeah and not to be like the magic of like with cinema, but like you know, it's please do. The... <laughs> this is about
1: the magic of cinema. <laughs> it's about,
0: it's romantic about romantic qualities, yeah. God damn it! Yeah. I and mean, the great beauty is, great beauty
1: is about is appreciating art and how that connects connects with all, us. With yeah. all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yes, but yeah, that's yeah, true. true. But, it, but it, you, you know, know, and I and guess it's like it brings us together, makes us feel closer, right? Like it's um, yeah, I guess that's that's the touristy quality with international cinema as well, that you, you can feel like, oh, wow, that's, that's like how closely I can relate to what's happening in Italy, but that's literally so far away. But that, yeah, like, like Rafa was saying that the, that there is shared experience, um, especially with, um, how much he's ruminating on, on like our, in our relationship to, each other and how little time we have but but even even at, at like we're so much younger than Jep is right it's like it's like we can still we can still see what he's going through I think it, it I think it that Sorrentino does a pretty good job at, at making it accessible in in that way um even when he's like like because one of my favorite uh filmmakers is Antonioni and sort of like in similar like things like that where it's like Wow, like, you are so ahead of your time, but still, like, these mood, these, like, very contemplative mood pieces, um, like, they can have such longevity because they they're very specific but broad at the same time.
3: And it's also not only about seeing places that you can go to, which is always wonderful, but also about understanding how dynamics between people change depending on where you're from or your culture or the things that mean to people or um i I love something that it's such a niche little thing but something i love when i'm watching films from different countries is where people have breakfast i love seeing what people have for breakfast (laughs) in different Mm. countries. And I'm just curious about these little things that when you're growing up and when you're becoming a person in this world, you just assume that this is it. And then it comes a point in your life and you become curious and you become aware that there's an entire world of people who do it in a different way and they believe that this is the way and all these different regionalities and... Yeah, I'm fascinated by it. But as I said, I could sit here and do a full Nicole Kidman AMC commercial <laughs> and go, like, heartbreak feels good in a place like this because mm. I think it does. <laughs> I am, I'm still, even though I've been in some trenches, um, I'm still very romantic about cinema and very grateful to cinema. Mm. So, yeah. And a film like this does make me even more yeah, grateful yeah. for it.
0: Yeah, I, I think. You know, I wonder how *The Great Beauty* would be different or indifferent if it were about a filmmaker and not a novelist. Hmm. Huh.
3: Everyone I mean, let you to let us eight and a half. No, I'm just.
0: Kidding. <laughs> right, right, right. I yeah, a great no, Italian film. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which I'm. I, I'm very. Um, uh, I have a lot of Fellini blind spots, but no. I, I mean, I know that's like a a big like movies about movies. Um, well, isn't that um,
1: what we're getting now? Right. I mean, not, not, it's not the exact same way, but I mean, it does like, you know, there is obviously a new, maybe not a new trend, but a trend that has come to light of, you mm-hmm. know, Fableman's, um, what was the Mendez film that everyone hated? Empire of Yeah, and yeah. what's the third? What was the third was one? About Babylon? The Mag- yeah, Babylon. Yeah, Babylon. Yeah, ba- um, I should, sure. Isn't there another one that's like about a filmmaker explicitly? I don't remember. Um, but I think people would say
0: Armageddon time, but I don't. I would disagree. I think that it's about other things.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. You know, and obviously there's much more. You know, people have been making, and then there's movies.
0: Belfast, and
1: that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, and there's uh, you know people who've been making movies about movies since movies and, were ever being made. Yeah. So it, like you know, Saving Paradiso, you know all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's definitely not new, but it is interesting mm-hmm. how it's beautiful, right? Right. right? And we keep coming back to this again with Italy, right? Yeah, we keep it, we, but we do keep coming back to it and to connect it to the great beauty. It's like. Mm-hmm. The struggle of an artist. The, you know, our, us contemplating our own, our our art, but our, the point of even making art. Like the connection it has.
2: Mm.
3: I I also think with literature, it comes from such an elite, elitist idea. Mm. Because literature is an art for the elite, still. I'm saying this is a big statement, and of course, there's mm-hmm. democratization mm-hmm. over the last few years, but it's mm-hmm. still seen, if you publish a book, and if you um, care about criticism, if you if you call yourself an author, and you say you're writing literature, literature has such a, a weight to it, and it's why you see, when you see people who are moneyed, and they want to not only have the money, but they want the prestige. They are either going to plastic arts, they either become a painter or they become a writer. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it also comes from this idea of Sorrentino wanting to investigate and to poke and prod at this um, hypocrisy of being cultured and having access to culture and then believing that this will lead you to somehow Um, produce something that is meaningful. Not everyone, and and I feel like even if you write at a level that we write here, if you write journalism, if you're writing um, any sort of pieces, you put yourself out there to be judged and to judge your talent and to judge your abilities and it is an excruciating process because you either go into a a pit of self-doubt and Mm -hmm, imposter mm -hmm. syndrome or you have to just gurgle in self-aggrandizing and believe that you are great. I don't think I have met a single person who has managed to find a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. This investigation is really interesting, because you have Stefania, who is on the self-aggrandizing pole of it. And then you have Jack, who is very much the opposite, who's like, I don't think my book's great. I have not written all the books because of it. Um, and yeah, it's so interesting. Um, this idea of the writers and their self pity and self aggrandizing,
0: and I wonder if that there's any more connection with with that idea, Kway's um, idea of of this modern trend of of we're seeing like a generation of filmmakers realizing that their own lives can make just as valuable of a story. Um, it w- and, and also it's like their the reflection of their childhoods. Where it's like that's the most formative time for further self-discovery into into film or just art and creativity in general.
3: With something like The Fablemans, mm. Spielberg mm. has dedicated his whole life to making films and he loves films. And as Jeb Gabrandela, he's someone who stopped and thought, I have right, more right. Um, behind me than I have ahead of me. Right, and you right. get to the point of contemplation when you're like, you know what, cinema rules and <laughs> i've been um not so much tiptoeing around my dad my parents divorce and everything that has uh, the entirety of still of spielberg's filmography um very much surrounds around that faithful divorce but now it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i have come to a point in my life of a certain maturity and that allows me not only to tell my story but to not give right. a damn right. about how how this is gonna um just Come mad and i think it's lovely i think it's it's the natural product of this moment of reflection
0: because one of the most haunting shots of the film is like is when you get to the sequence of the divorce and you see sammy seeing the reflection how we would film that conversation uh in that in the mirror and and it's just like basically he's saying i i, I can't separate the two now like their life's a movie Life, so right? I mean, it's kind of like I I need I I need to think about where I would put the camera, right? Um, I I mean, you know, it's like I don't know if Jeff would have the same, the same. Uh, no, you're decision. not even sure if he'll
1: write again. Yeah. Right, you're not no, even exactly. Right? Yeah,
0: he was just sort of like internal. This is a very internal movie about mm. like him internalizing everything, and you know, I think that's not a. I don't know what to say about that. It's not really like a. It's, it's not a. Uh, um, a compliment or or a, or a criticism. It's just more like it's it, it's not I, I kind of expected this to be melodramatic because I've heard people call Sorrentino melodramatic, but this is just more of a mood piece about someone uh who's who who yeah is uh is meditative about about where he is and I, it's interesting that it takes so long for him to realize like, oh, I just, like, my whole life has had meaning, if, even if I hadn't realized it.
3: Very differently from Semi-Fableman, Jeb Gombardelle's <laughs> life does not revolve around writing. He does mm. not need no, to write no. to feel fulfilled. No, um, no. He has come into writing and have found himself a place... You guys were speaking about how he can afford his incredible house and his lifestyle on writing. Um... And I think he is grateful for the things that writing has allowed him to do, and not writing himself. Writing to him is haunting. the The prospect of having to write a book to him is not a pleasurable one. Um, It comes with expectations. It comes with the possibility of failure. It comes with losing his status. It comes with gambling the things that he has been lucky enough to have gotten with a book that he believes to be mediocre. Um, So yeah. Those are very really different characters. I don't think he would have written about his parents' divorce.
1: To compare it to another movie, what is interesting to me is, so I forget when exactly we covered. I, I, I time doesn't make sense for me anymore. I can't tell you wh- when anything took place. But we recently covered Ruby Sparks on mm. the um on the podcast. Ruby Sparks, you know, it's the Paul Dano, um Zoe Kazan film, um. And the like. Paul Dano's character is this child-like prodigy who wrote like one of everyone's like favorite books or whatever when he was like, I don't know, sixteen or some shit. Uh, and then like the entire like you know at the beginning of the film, it's all about you know everyone's just like, when are you going to write your next book? When are you going to write your next book? And he's like standoffish about it. He's anxious. He doesn't know. Like he feels like a fuck up because everyone's expecting him to do make this another another make this Think other. Think about you a know,
0: neurotic Paul Dano. <laughs> I know, crazy.
1: Yeah. Um you know, and everyone's like anxious for him to write the next great work or whatever the fuck. And his life and he's younger and like at the point, but his life is very much occupied by writing and that anxiety of what's the next thing. With Jepp, it's so yeah, it's this very interesting it's almost like you wouldn't be surprised if he actually just like never really wanted to write in the first place. he just did it like he like his maybe like you wouldn't be surprised that his main passion in life isn't like working or isn't anything related to a career but it's just living life. It's just like being part of culture and uh you know social events and things like you would you like you almost think that his you know his <coughs> big <wish coughs> in life is to schmooze. he loves schmoozing um but i think you know obviously he's exploring what do i actually want to do and is is the rest of my life should it be about love should it be about you know should i start writing again should i become more religious all these kind of things um and so it's very interesting to see you know cuz it's usually i i feel like most artists in films are anxious about something. Just like, okay, what? What's next? What's you know? I, I my art. I need to preserve my art. I need to preserve my craft. And he's very much just like ah, I don't know. I might write sometime. And mm. even at his most like existential moments, I still wouldn't describe him as anxious. You know, I, I would maybe d- distraught, maybe, but not. Like, he is not you know he's not like really worried about what or like he's like in the moment just kind of like shaking or freaking out he's just more of just this very more generalized and bigger question of ah what now um instead of just this i have to do this and i have to do that i have to do this he's like i don't even i don't even know where to start um and to kind of also go back to like how, you know, the role of art in the film, I think the most devi- devastating and awe-inspiring sequences for me in the film is when he goes to the um exhibition of all of the dude taking photos of his entire life. life.
3: I love, That is my favorite scene. That other piece was my favorite piece of dialogue, but that scene is just so gorgeous. Not only, I think there's a very formulaic... um approach to using that particular exhibition to reflect on someone aging. I will give you that. But it is so beautifully shot. That's oh the my gosh, That is the scene I most vividly remember watching it in the cinema for the first time because I. it was one of those moments I was just holding my breath with the camera traveling and the face of this man just opposed to the face of this kid who's turning into a man. And the light is beautiful. And the music is beautiful. The score for this film is just beautiful. Um, Ah, I love that scene. I just, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, like, when I first was, like, when I first understood what the, the exhibition was, I started rolling my eyes. And then as the scene kept continuing, I'm, like, and, you know, and just his reactions and... How much time it takes it's such a patient scene it doesn't move on like you would think it would cut from like you could see a different film of it just doing like these rapid cuts of each little photo and just like you know showing like just showing this almost like montage of all the photos and all these different sequences and just keep cutting 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 cutting, cutting. but it, like the camera is so patient and it takes so much time just kind of looking at each individual photo, or not each individual photo, but like the photos as a group, and it kind of lets the audience train their eyes on what you know, like on one photo over the other. It doesn't tell you which photo to focus on. Um, it lets the audience draw what it, it lets it lets the photos draw the audience's interest rather than the camera mm-hmm. picking one and being like, "Look at this one." It's very. It does feel very,
0: um, it feels immersive in that
1: way. It, yeah. Very immersive.
3: Yeah. And I also think that in a way that it is very clever, despite being slightly on the nose. It adds tangibility to something that is intangible, Mm. which every single photo is a day. And when you see it like that and you realize how many days you have lived and how many memories you will have lost, and it, it gives the idea of time a tangible notion, which is... Everything someone could argue, Jeb was looking for understanding the time that he has lived and how much time he has ahead, and the impact he has made and the lives that he may or may not have touched, and more egotistic, the 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 impact that he has had and how he belongs in this world, how he exists in this world. So I think it's a very be it's a very beautiful way of putting something. That was only in his mind, and transforming into something that is physical, and and in that structure in particular, that is a is a cyclical structure. He's in a mini coliseum of sorts, and it 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 does grant it this cyclic cyclical idea of life of beginnings and ends and. Yeah, every time I watch that, I'm really moved. I, I think about every single day in my life that I will not have a single memory of, of all the little mundane things that I've done. And people that I have met as a kid that I'll never remember and the interactions. and Yeah, it's very beautiful. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, because, you know, it's it, I guess I, I could read it like the memories and thoughts of the moment jeb has that 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 is the uh the purpose of an existence it's not so much what you create but it's the memories that you hold no matter how long those those memories last with with you i, I think because that that's just that's, that's enough <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to put something into the world in order to to feel fulfilled at least that's you know maybe that's not what jeb would feel but i think that's one way to look at, at, at the, the movie as a whole, I think.
3: When I was younger, I was very obsessed with the idea of legacy, and I still am at some point. I would love to mm. write a book. Mm. I would love to believe that someone, after I'm gone,
1: mm. will
3: stumble mm. into something I have written or something that I thought. I think there's something beautiful in it, um, especially as someone who, much like Jeff, does not want kids. But as I... As you go through life, and once again, I'm, I'm, very, I'm speaking like I am literally 86, but <laughs> I think there's comfort in feeling content. I talk about this with my friends a lot, especially after I have like, a glass of wine. I keep talking about being content, which mm. is m- much more what I seek now. I would love to have a life where I had lived beautiful moments with people who I love and uh, that I was healthy and I was warm and I had a bed and I got to do what I loved. And once a year I went to Venice and there's such beauty in this. Uh, and I try to think about it every time I become obsessed, scrolling Twitter, seeing other people's achievements and thinking of how small of a grain of a person I am. Um, which I don't do it as much anymore, thank God, but it's very easy to fall prey to that that trap of wanting more, wanting to leave a legacy, of wanting to be someone, of wanting to to understand that you have made a difference in the world, when at the end of the day, you just, oh, I'm going to sound like a a bumper sticker, but you want the world to have made a difference on you, you want (laughs) to become someone with the world. Yeah. You got me, I'm recording this podcast about this film in the first week of the year, and I'm sounding (laughs) like Fucking cheap Confucius or something. I promise I'm not always like that.
0: Oh, we. <laughs> whenever you're, whenever you're on this, pond, we on this pod, we always get you to this place. Like, what is this? <laughs> what is
3: this? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's because you got me talking about two films that I not only love, but, but The Broken Circle Breakdown is the film I watch and I need to cry. So it makes yeah, me right, think about right. family and love and life. And mm-hmm. here I'm talking about existence and <laughs> aging. Uh, why can't we talk about like the Shame Face Off didn't come up in the 2010s. Next time we should talk about like I don't know, I think you've done pop star, now so No, we have not. We
0: have not. We have not you haven't. Popstar Popstar. Yeah, I mean uh, that that that
1: one. I've never seen it. I've only <laughs> seen clips. <Claire.
3: clears throat> it's a personal You guys, fave. yeah. You know oh what? You guys yeah. need to bring me back to talk about that film, which okay. I'm obsessed okay. with. Let's, let's do it. And let's I will. Yeah. I will not become like a cheap Gandhi talking about <laughs> it. So cool. Cool. So cool.
1: I mean. Oh my gosh. But I was. That's like. So, I was exactly like,
3: this once we, we did...
0: start getting into the merch game, we're gonna have cheap Gandhi and then Rafa's
1: face. No, no, right no, here. no. <laughs> and um, a glass
3: of wine, <laughs> bumper sticker Gandhi. Bumper stick, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Dollar I was exactly, Gandhi. I was probably even more schmaltzy in our faces, places episode, where I was just talking about mm. art, man, it inspires everything. I love art. And I was like, yeah, I was basically almost crying, saying how important art is. It's so funny. <laughs> Here um, I am
3: talking um, all these cheesy things and then criticizing Sammy Fableman. <laughs> how much of a right. I, right. how much of a hypocrite am I? Uh, and, we're and, all I and I and
0: well and I do wonder in that regard. Um, oh no! I, and by the way, we're gonna also develop a a a, a shirt and it's you and Valerie Hopper's face and it's just gonna be like you two crying like it's just gonna That's be like right. weeping. Yeah. Um. I, I I'm I have so many ideas, but I wonder if that the idea of like how i might respond to the fablemans and your response to um uh the great beauty you know cuz i saw the fablemans at a press screening humble brag I now um and, and it's like a large crowd and um and everyone and it was very warmly received obviously um i've uh... you know clearly like a, like a lifelong uh spielberg fan and i'm so familiar with his work um while it's the opposite was sorrentino and you know it's like they're despite the core of the movie being about our relationship to art and our legacies and how the people around us um encourage our our creative output you know i it's I, i think i'm just like so used to like what he's trying to do and and uh and everyone knows that he's He has his own personal mythology that he's trying to uphold. But I guess, like, with Sorrentino, I'm just unfamiliar. And I wonder if that... I don't know if that played into... But I I like the movies.
3: I think you guys should watch a little But also watch more Sorrentino. Because then you kind of start to understand where this places within his filmography. It is by far my favorite of his. Um... But it's an interesting progression and exploration of thematic, um, of recurring themes in his filmography, and it's just so beautiful. That I like with the broken circle breakdown. This is one of those songs that I can find, if yeah, virtually no flaws with it. I think mm. it's just lovely.
1: I I'm I'm definitely glad, like. <clears throat> like just even us this inspiring this conversation i'm just like i am really i do appreciate that it exists and that it was made and that it had like and it had like really i love where the film takes us in the sense of what it's trying of like the grander ideas of what it's trying to explore but also like literally where it takes us i mean hmm. it is at some points i and and i don't want to totally relegate it to be, like I almost kind of called it travel porn um, and I'm not saying it totally is but there are moments where and, and I'm not saying that in a bad way I mean I think like a lot of um, like the before trilogy can also be travel porn um, hmm. in the sense of you're just you know it's a lot you know just like walking down the streets and just like kind of getting a good getting a good idea of um, you know the place you're at and like the cobblestone uh, you know the cobblestone uh, you know streets and the amazing architecture and the sunlight so it's like i'm not i don't necessarily say that in a negative way but it does Mm. something it does something that comes to mind when watching stuff like this and i appreciate it for that and you know of course the sequence of them going to the uh to all the art uh or not the art but like the sculptures and paintings um at night with the key with the doorman Uh, the master of keys i'll call him um and that's i mean i i think the choice of having it take place at night with so much shadow and darkness is the thing that makes it special um Mm -hmm. otherwise it would just be them just like looking at shit um but i mean it's really i mean and I, i think it's the lack of sound and it's like use of negative space um I don't know. It it feels like it does feel like all of the air has been sucked out of the room when you're when you look at this one like amazing sculpture or this you know awe inspiring painting. You feel you know it feels uh, very um, spiritual, more spiritual than any of the religious stuff in my opinion. Um, So I I I think those moments are what like makes me like I'm really glad I'm watching this. Um, Even though if I don't really enjoy the movie too much uh just because of the second half of it makes kind of like it loses my interest but i think there are just these like you know this i already mentioned the stuff at the parties um and i think some of the character dynamics are really interesting um and i think the central performance is really great um i don't i'm, I'm kind of surprised this feels like something he would be nominated for an oscar i agree. I was
0: thinking that too where it's just like um but i, I think it's because like. Sorrentino hasn't been making movies for too long I think um and I wonder if like Sorrentino and Sorvillo had a longer collaboration I mean hey in a few episodes we're going to be doing uh Pain and Glory where it's sort of like they're a little bit of a Banderas and Almodovar where it's like hey like let's let's honor uh Sorvillo with this film where it's like in like a decade like you know you know what I mean like where it's like maybe not right now but like a legacy nomination Um, but I agree where it's like this does feel like something that that would uh, click with voters
3: by the time that The Great Beauty came out they were working together I think 2001 was the first time they worked together but someone might fact check me and say I'm wrong but I think it is Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think it's only Servillo's work with Sorrentino he is a Tespian he's a massive theater actor he has Mm. been I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that is very hard to get nominations in acting categories for um, performances that have been in international films. I think with Antonio Banderas, with Almodovar being such a big name, that's what helps. Sorrentino is not nearly ranked near Almodovar in, in popularity, not only mm-hmm. popularity, mm-hmm. but being known within American voters who ultimately decide gets nominated for an Oscar. Almodovar is um, a much more accessible entry point for someone to be nominated. But you have performances that have been outstanding in films uh international films that have not been nominated because it's just a, a tough yeah. category to crack i guess the exception to the rule is like
0: emmanuel Riva for more but that was just, that was such, just a such a surprise, surprise hit with voters, with voters that,
3: that fernando was, montenegro was got nominated for central mm-hmm. station yeah <laughs> <to 99> <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. lost to yeah. Paltrow and shakespeare yeah. in love wow.
1: I'm that's not, true, this, yeah, is that's like, true. Yeah. this
3: is my yeah. biggest yeah. upset in the history of the Oscars I remember <laughs> that and night. I, I want to cry every time I think about it but it's the' it's, it's very rare that they slip mm-hmm. something like exactly a yeah. or yeah. Central station mm-hmm. which has been a sudden unexpected hit revolt mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. absolutely
0: and it's yeah and we I think it was on our episode on Ida that we were thinking about how and especially with this current oscar race that it's that we are expecting at least one nomination for um a threat in best international feature to get into best director um and, and as we say with servilo i think you could also say for sorrentino that that he just seems right for for that um for like a fifth slot but it was also um this year was I think it was a uh, well. It was a F- Alfonso Coronant. I think he had that locked up. But
3: I hope that we get to see Cervilio as good as he was in this again. Yeah. Um, yeah. in a film that gets Oscar traction. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, there are so many incredible performances that didn't get the of that mm-hmm. they deserved, mm-hmm. and and then we get to the end of the day to that conversation about does it matter?
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's like that's that's always gonna be the tug of war with the academy right where it's just like there's there's so much politicking that goes on and and what does and doesn't get in is always gonna have a reason for it but nonetheless is upsetting that's actually a pretty good transition into um what else was nominated uh let's go and look at what the great beauty year event. yeah what are you? I, I know exactly we've already alluded to broken circle breakdown which we've of course discussed uh uh, a few years ago um uh the hunt by tom Winterberg I mean we already mentioned that one it's so good it's so good it, it's one of those where it's like i saw i think I saw it um during lockdown I forget the i, I don't even the reason shouldn't even I, I think I'd, i i'd always liked Winterberg's movies and it's like that one I saw was streaming and it was just like wow it's just like such a gripping thriller and like mads Mikkelsen is unreal in it um people that's were another upset
3: in the screening i've seen like in the fest, people were legit did you see that upset. at the same fest that a
0: you saw this yeah, that, that yeah, fa- yeah,
3: yeah real film festival 2013
0: which oh perhaps gosh.
3: the best <laughs> festival i've ever been to in my life <laughs> um so cool. programming so cool. wise yeah they had a retrospective on fritz lang and mm. Paul Schrader oh, wow. was in attendance oh, wow. because the canyons was playing um, yeah, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Such a good festival, but I remember people being legitimately upset, like wanting condemnation, wanting someone to burn in a cross and the morale the discussions around a film, I was really surprised with how moved and how invested people were in watching the Zivin in like a cinema audience. Hmm. Yeah. That's so good. I need to rewatch. it. It's um, been yeah. years since I've seen it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and another th- one that we have is, uh, The Missing Picture from Rithi Pana, uh, in Cambodia. Anyone seen that one? Clay directed it. Uh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Omer from Hani Abu Asad in Palestine, um, it was uh, Viola Davis and Ewan McGregor presenting this year. Very like you know, non no nonsense. Just like get to the nominees. No Ooh, shtick, wait, Viola ended. and Ewan. Yeah, that's a pretty cool. I pair. like that combo. Um, uh, and yeah, let's move on to favorite scene now. Anyone would like to go first? Close <sighs> yours.
3: I think my favorite scene. I I love the the photo, the exhibition, um the photographic exhibition is the scene that I love, but I also love the scene when they um, wake up in bed and she's naked and she said, I'm glad we did make love. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. a lovely little scene. Um, yeah, I mm-hmm. think those two would be my favorite. I like the conversation that he has with... Um, what's the name of his best friend? I forgot. But when they're in a room and he... Comes up and he talks about the place like I don't want to do it, and it's such a nice. It's a bit like Seinfeld. I feel like <laughs> he's a bit like Seinfeld and his friends, like poor George. Um, <laughs> I like the dynamics, and I think it's so beautifully lit, and I think the relationship between the two is very lovely.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah,
2: that's. Yeah. funny. Jepp, c'è questa casa del vice di Ancona che non è tanto piccola, che lo vuole veramente un rip-intervista su di Un altro rip interview. Mamma mia, ormai siamo un popolo di intervistati. Ma non li senti come dico sempre, come dico sempre a chi? Lascia stare, a voi sì sincero, ma insomma, chi se lo compra un libro che si intitola visione e revisione, la galassia di Gepo Gampardelli? Ma è un titolo serio e in questo paese purtroppo per farsi prendere sul serio bisogna prendersi sul serio Gepo. Roma, ma che gli raccontiamo? Io ho scritto un solo romanzo 40 anni fa che non si trova neppure nelle libri. Ma che cazzo dici che era un capolavoro assoluto all'apparato umano? Che vinse pure il Cosol, la che vinse il. Oh, o il Bancarello. Il Bancarello, eh, il Bancarello, no? Come capito? Ma sei tanto caro, eh? Non lasciamo perdere. No, no che lasciamo be... perdere. Sarebbe troppo preso No, non so possiamo far... lasciar perdere. No, no, perché così mi metto in difficoltà. Perché io avrei firmato, avrei preso pure un anticipo. Quanto hai preso? 1500, ridaglieli. Ma come. Te che... vedo io, Imperio. Ma no, 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 no. a proposito, eh. ho parlato con quelli del teatro, te lo danno per tre sere. Ma, Ma... la luce è a carico tuo. Ma chi se ne frega? Certo, questa è una grande notizia, eh. grandissima notizia. Grazie. A parlar A I can go. I
0: can yeah, Listener, can go. he's yeah. thinking. Okay. Yeah, right. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're contemplative. Uh, I will say I will the. Say uh, the uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go the exhibition sequence, as as you mentioned. Which one? Uh, which the, which photo one? one? The, the photo one. The photo one. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: La ragazzina hai visto piangeva.
2: Ma che piangere? Che stai dicendo? una ragazzina guardando il mio volo. Scusa un momento. Ciao Stefano. Ciao Jeff. il Catering è molto peggiorato, eh? Roma è molto peggiorata. Uh, in maniera verticale. Ma la borsa ce l'hai sempre con te. Sempre. ¿Qué delle principesse. Pronti?
1: Venite
3: When they're when they're dancing, um, we know speak Americano, that's pretty great. When the music is like that remix is just bombing and they're in their yeah, party and yeah. it's very energetic. I yeah. quite like that as yeah. well. Is that the first yeah. is that, is the, first, the, first is that
1: the first party? Yeah, and the opening. Yeah, party, that's, yeah.
3: My, yeah that's, that's my, my that's my
1: favorite. That's my, favorite. Okay. That's, my okay. yeah. that's when I'm like I mean it doesn't help I mean it doesn't hurt that there are a lot of gorgeous people in that. Um Yeah. Yeah. But I do but I, I love I don't know. The joy, the music's great, um, I don't know. It has so much energy and so much. It's mm-hmm. so electric and. It's so cool, too. I mean, I don't know. Like, the shot of him just, like, smoking um, a cigarette as, like, the camera's coming down while everyone else is dancing. He's in the middle of the party. Just, mm-hmm. like. I don't know, man. That's pretty fucking dope.
2: Uh, I. It. It. <laughs> You yes. can't
3: I'm gonna send you a DVD for Loto. I can help Like you need to be watching that. I know.
1: That. I
0: know. I know. It's on Canopy. Um, I'm seeing which
1: rules. Yeah, it's on Canopy. I'll I'll watch it. But it is. But yeah, I mean, also, I don't know. There's a lot of great little character moments in that. It's also filled with just kind of like this. That's when the ensemble <laughs> has like is like an ensemble. I mean, I think that's when kind of starts dwindling mm-hmm. down um, especially like the midpoint but yeah that's when it when
0: everyone feels... is in one location it feels like a unit yeah well
1: I think it also yeah. does a great job of it, like basically letting you know why he has not been writing and so when he mm-hmm. talks about Rome as a as a place for wasting time and you know being you know uh, and not having focus on doing anything I think it, that kind of feels like a very you know like a it's not really like a, it's kind of like a bizarre thing to say sometimes because you're just like, well, you have to do something, but so it's kind of one of those concepts that are so kind of, uh, not like it has no, it's not really tactile that you kind of have to really explain, like, what do you mean by that? And, and the, once you see that part, you're like, oh, no wonder no one gets any shit done. This is awesome. Like no one, like no wonder people aren't like doing like, aren't like having like insane careers or whatever. Like, it's all very just like having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, how can you and,
0: concentrate if there's a party every night? If you're right. attending a party, or if there's a and, party near
1: you, like it's- and we don't we, we we don't really also have time. But I do. It is interesting how kind of maybe anti-capitalist this is. Within, it's in the sen- in the sense of how, especially in like you know America, you know, capitalist societies in general, just like how career, your career makes all of you you're the way you make money it's mm. the, the thing that defines you it's your life yeah, but goal. if you have
3: money if you have true like, yeah, can true. you imagine it's how true. incredible you be like a an heir i thought about this a lot in my life like i think i would be so dumb
1: like right. purposely
3: right. dumb i don't think i would have that much curiosity i don't right. think i'd be hustling right. that much if no. someone just put me no. in a yacht i probably would be reading is watching some films but but even but Life even like the, the, dude,
1: the dude, the dude who um, the like the husband of like the widower, who's like um of Elsa or whatever the character mm-hmm. was named. Yeah, it's even Elsa. he like yeah he doesn't like he's just chilling with his girlfriend like he's his. We don't know what his job is. He's just like hanging out. Like and I, I think and I know contented. that's like t- yeah yes. I think that's like Italy in general in the mm-hmm. sense of like it's a lot of you know it, they they take they prioritize the relaxation um, mm-hmm. which is sounds sounds nice um but yeah i don't know it's interesting and it spe- how if, un- yeah, and, and yeah. of
0: course like it's jeff as as um, someone who it was void is without a family and without a and this would be a different shape of a movie if if it were if he was mourning the loss of a, I mean, kind of, but he was, if he was mourning the loss of a wife or, or if he, or if they'd never had kids, then it would have a different shape too. But it's just, it's just him.
3: Yeah. I could talk about this one forever, much mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. The Broken Circle Breakdown. Yeah. But yeah, it's just wonderful to think that Sorrentino has created a film that is so electric while at the same time being so contemplative. Yeah. It's a very yeah. hard thing to do. And, you
2: know,
3: and realized, you know, I just realized. Um, Clay brought up, Clay
0: brought up uh, uh, Ruby Sparks earlier, Ruby Sparks and, and Paul Dano. Paul, Dano, Dano's, uh, Paul Dano's in youth. Uh, Dano's in youth. <laughs> oh, and that's in that's the Sablemans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and of course. Oh, oh my God, oh, feels, oh, my God. Feels, yeah. fantastic! Fantastic. One of, yeah. one of his best performances, I think. Um, um, Rafa, thank you so yeah, much yeah, for being here. For this has been absolutely great. Yeah.
3: Thank you. Yeah. It has been yeah. lovely. Please yes. call yes. me back to talk about Popstar. We, we will
0: call love you love back tomorrow, tomorrow to talk about Popstar. Because Clay is going to really love, it. love it. it. It's, it's, it's one of the great artifacts, the great artifacts that, that, found that found its way into the sight and sound into this year. Sound um, year. Um, um, where can to I really be find, fair,
3: really find Sorry, but to be fair, yeah. Loro and Popstar would be a banging double bill. <laughs> <The> de- actually, <laughs> I'll,
0: no, have uh, that. I'll have to that, think about that. I'll have to think about that. That, that, about does, that. Sound that. that does sound um, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, where can yeah, everybody find, can you? find you? What do you have coming A-F-G up? This will be out at, well, this week, actually. Because we're going, yeah.
3: Well, you can find me at Hafee's, R-A-F-I-E-W-S, pretty much everywhere. Um, my portfolio is Fuse.com, and I will hopefully be writing quite a bit in January. I'm covering Sundance the next couple of weeks, Rotterdam yes. after that, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just looking forward to writing a lot, watching a lot of great films in 2023, and hopefully not having that much time available to think about life and existence and dying mm. and aging.
0: No. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Fabulous. Um. I have writing on film at the Boston Hassle and this film is streaming on HBO Max in the States and the Criterion channel. Uh, It's also on the Criterion, it's also on as a Criterion release. Um, I think it's the only film that we're covering that, oh, well, I mean, I guess Parasite too. Uh, And Roma too, that's right. Uh, (laughs) But next week we have Son of Saul. Uh, We're going to have a lighter Easier time with that yeah. one. Uh, with,
3: with, <laughs> Clay, but, if you didn't like the second half of The Great Beauty, I cannot wait to hear what you talk about Son a song.
0: I haven't it's seen a, it. it. It's a lot, but, you know. It's, you don't uh, say. It's, it's a lot? It's a lot. It's not oh, not wow. chill, but no? Connor okay. O'Donnell will be here from the film stage and the B-Side podcast uh, for that one
1: Um Everyone follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. You could follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. You could follow me on Instagram at Mr. Clay Williams. You could send us an email at exiting through two thousand tens at gmail.com. Please remember to rate review, subscribe on any podcast platform you listen to us on to. we greatly appreciate it. Share us with a friend, retweet, run on run in the middle of the street, do five somersaults, do a handstand. if you're ever in
0: Italy, just you know throw your Italian hat in-
1: right yeah Yeah, yeah. throw you know Uh, splash some uh red wine onto someone's face and say hey go listen to exiting through 2010 what's
0: the english what's the italian translation
1: to to all right we gotta end this fucking podcast (laughs) um thank you all so much for listening and as always we'll catch you next time on exiting through the 2010s